Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a great topic to discuss and to talk about. And this topic is the greatest race of all times. You know, there's so many things going on in life around us and so many things around the world that people are so confused about. So many things that are happening in everybody's lives and and people are confused, they're hurting, they've got loved ones dying and uh, people are just looking for answers and they don't know where to turn to. Look, I want to tell you today that I've got the answer that you need to turn to more than you need to turn to anything else and that is Jesus Christ himself. And I'm going to tell you about a race that he has set before us, and that is the greatest race of all times. And then we're going to start out in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, and uh, we're going to look at um, verse 4 first. We're just going to go ahead and start reading in verse 4, and it says, They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So in other words, he's saying people's going to just listen to stories. They're just going to listen to whatever's told to them, a good story that's made up and makes people just believe whatever tickles their ears, and they're going to turn away from the truth. You remember, Jesus said, I am the truth. When he was looking Pilate right in the eye, he says, I am the truth. And Pilate says, what is truth? But Jesus is the truth. And right here, 2 Timothy 4 and 4 says, they shall turn away from the truth. They don't want to hear Jesus. They don't want to hear what he has to say. They don't want to hear what the world needs to be doing. They love listening to these fables and these stories and these fairy tales. Verse 5 says, but watch thou in all things and endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. You know, the evangelist is the great commission, Matthew uh, 28 and 19, which says, go in all the world, make disciples of all nations and teach them all things that Jesus taught. He's saying, do that work. This is our job as a Christian. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of the ministry that's been put before you. In verse six, he says, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. So Paul is knowing right here that it is about time for him to go. He's been in prison. He's been sentenced to death. They're about to kill him, and he cannot wait to see his Savior face to face. And he's saying, I'm ready to be offered. My time is at hand, and that's a great thing. But I'm reminding you before I go that you need to be watching. For all things, endure inflictions. When people come against you and, and persecute you for loving Jesus Christ and for preaching his gospel, he says, endure it, endure it, put up with it, and continue doing the work of the evangelist because that's the only choice that you have. It's a race. It's going to hurt you. It's going to cause you to sweat. It's going to cause you to have some injuries at time. It's going to cause you to get out of breath. It's going to cause you to have things happening in your life that's just feels like it's so much work and stress and how come I've got to do this all the time. But listen, the greatest outcome of this race is to meet Jesus Christ face to face. Look at verse 7, 2 Timothy 4 and 7. I have fought a good fight and I have finished my course. You could take that word course and replace it with a word race right there. I have finished my race and I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not only to me, listen to this. This is where you, the listener, you, the 
the Christian that have believed on Jesus Christ for your salvation, this is where you can have some joy in what he's saying here. He says, not only me, it's not just me that's going to get this crown, but unto all them also that love his appearing, those that's looking for him, they are going to get a crown. When you make it to heaven and you, you face Jesus face to face, the crown of righteousness belongs to you also because you have fought the good faith, uh, fought the good race, and finished that fight. So I want to want to go over to Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter twelve and verse one. He says, "Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, you know, sometimes we think that there's not that many people that are." Christians anymore. We don't think that there's that many people that really want to hold on to the faith and hang in there. So we kind of see this verse right here and we feel like it's fading away. We feel like there's not that many people that's Christians anymore and that the, uh, the faith, people are falling away from the faith. But listen, this scripture is true because there's going to be a great cloud of witnesses around us when we get to heaven. But he says, let us lay aside every weight, everything that strains you down, everything that stresses you, lay it away. And the sin which does so easily beset us, we have to push aside our thoughts to want to sin, push aside those old man mentalities, everything that we think about that is of the flesh, that's of this world and all these fairy tales that I read about in 2 Timothy 4, all those things that the news media wants to tell you, the world wants to tell you, uh, maybe you go to school and peer pressure is getting in your mind and, and people's trying to push you to go in one direction when the Bible tells you to go in the other direction. No, you need to push that stuff aside and and it says, lay it aside, the things that weigh you down. Don't give in to it and let us, listen at this, let us run with patience, the race that is set before us. So it is a race. We have to race to the finish line. We've got to make it all the way. So he says, let us run the race with patience. So in other words, we cannot just get fed up and just give in. We got to have patience waiting on the end. We got to wait for that finish line. Our checkered flag is coming one day and it is imperative to us. It's the utmost importance that we stay in the race. We cannot give up because things get tough or people turn on us or we're not popular anymore or people don't want to hear about Jesus or they label you and they go, look at those Christians. Uh, you know, they're, they're so out of in touch with the world today and they're not following the new trends. No, that's the way the world wants you to go. But the Bible says, I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my pass away, but my word will never pass away. God is the same and Jesus is the standard. We've got to understand that, that Jesus Christ is the standard that we all are supposed to follow. There is nothing else that we are supposed to follow. He says that I am the bread of life. Your spirit is supposed to feed off of him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, the way that you're supposed to go in life, he's the truth. So everything that you hear and you speak has to be weighed against his words. And he is the life. So everything that you breathe, you have life because of him. There is nothing else that matters except for that standard. And the world just wants to tell you fables and fairy tales and lie to you and let you think that Christianity is something of the past and it's old wives' tales itself. But no, the Bible is clear that those who do not believe are condemned already. Let's look at verse two. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author of, 
and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he's already, he went to heaven. He sat down at the throne of God and he is interceding for you and me and he is waiting on us patiently for God to tell him to come back and get us. And those that are still in the race, those that are still fighting, those that are still hanging on to their faith, despite what's going on around them, they are the ones that have endured to the end and they will see that crown of righteousness that Paul talked about in 2 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> so, Let's go on to uh, Acts chapter 20. I hope that if you've got uh, if you've got a Bible with you, I hope a lot of my listeners now do have their Bibles with them. And if you if you do and you need more time, press the pause button and go get your Bible and look these scriptures up because reading the word makes such a difference in your heart and in your spirit and it it edifies your soul. It's really good for you to read these things along with me. So if you're listening now and you don't have your Bible, play this episode again. Play all the episodes again. And when I'm reading scripture, go back and read with me. Look at your Bible and read with me so that you know that the word of God is coming from this podcast. And I'm not just making this up. Acts 20. Verse 21, testify both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God. We have to repent of our sins. We have to go to God through the faith in Jesus Christ and repent for our wrongdoing. It don't matter if you sinned yesterday, five minutes ago, or 20 years ago, your sin has to be repented for. It says, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. It's got to be through the faith of Jesus Christ. So we have to repent of our sins. The Bible's telling us that we have all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We all need salvation through Jesus Christ. And it is imperative. It is a demand of the word of God that we repent with faith in Jesus Christ that he paid our price on that cross that we talked about in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go on to verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save the Holy Ghost witnessed every city in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So he's saying, I know that I'm going to have afflictions when I'm preaching the gospel, but so what? I'm going to do it because I know where my faith and I know where my strength comes from. But I want to show you verse 24. Verse 24 is where I really want to get some focus on this particular scripture for this message. But none of these things move me. Listen to this. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my own life dear to myself so that I might finish my course or my race with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to what? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. This is somebody who has been changed, somebody who has been touched and their life has been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, I don't even count my own life as dear as I count the life of Jesus Christ that he gave to me. Why? Because this life you're living here on this earth, it's going to pass away one of these days. You've got a very, very short window of time here on this earth. Some of us may live 50 years, 60 years, 70. There's been people live 100 years. But listen, when you compare even 100 years on this earth, it is not even a drop of water in all the oceans combined compared to eternity where we will spend somewhere. And here you are reading that the writer of this scripture is telling us 
that they understand that and they're saying I do not count my own life here even dear to myself that I might finish my course with joy. Why? Because life in eternity with Jesus Christ is on the way and he knows this. So he says, I've received that through the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to testify about the gospel of the grace of God that has saved me, that has come into my life and gave me that eternal life. Jesus said that I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So we have to understand that we've got to stay in the race. We've got to stick with the fight that Jesus has put before us, and we cannot let the world influence us to turn away from Christ, to turn away from the gospel that we believe in, that we live by, that our faith is rooted in, and we have to know that that cross that Jesus Christ died on is where our salvation lies. He died for us. He came and paid our price. He was lifted up. The Bible says that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. That's Jesus's word. He says, if I get on that cross, when you put me up on that tree, all men's sin are going to come to me. I'm going to take the burden of every person's sin, past, present, and future, and I'm going to put it on me, and I'm going to nail it to that cross, and I'm going to crucify it and destroy the power of death, hell, and the grave and take sin, and I am going to be the one that holds the key to your future through faith in me, and it's only my blood that you can have faith in that will set you free from your own sins and the penalty that God has set forth for every sin that's out there. And the only way that you can be forgiven of your sins is through Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. And that comes through faith in him and knowing that he died for you. Now, I want to go on to Matthew chapter 24 because Matthew chapter 24 tells us in the last days, we will see many, many things happening. And Jesus spoke to his disciples for a long time, explaining to them things that was going to happen. The prophet Daniel, the prophet Isaiah, the, the book of Revelation tells us so many things about stuff that is going to be happening in the last day. And the prophets of old warned us to let us know that when you see these things happening, you will know that the word of God is real. It is true and it is genuine. And you can bank on what it says, because when it says that in the last days, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places, there'll be hurricanes, the, the world will be just turning upside down because it's it's practically in good old country boys terms. The earth is trying to fight off the sin that man has got into this world. And the earth is just disrupted and it's going crazy because of the sinful nature man is just continuously doing because man has kicked God out of the world. Man has kicked God out of the earth and they're trying to control the earth without God's influence and the earth is fighting back. It's not global warming. It's not uh, a lot of hurricanes. It's not people setting wildfires. It's, it's not all those things. Sin is taking its dominion over this earth. Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yes, there's a lot of things that's man's fault. And yes, the pollution that's in the air out there is man's fault. Man did that. Now, I'm not disputing that, but I'm telling you the earth is fighting back because of man's greed. Man has just pushed God out of the future, pushed God out of their lives and said, I can do this by myself and I don't need you. The Bible has prophesied of that. And then it says, uh, right here in verse 10, Matthew 24 and 10, that many shall be offended. Have you ever seen more people offended at each other over stupid little things than we have right now? 
There's people that's offended over the color of shoes that you wear. They're offended over the type of clothes that you wear. They're offended over the type of uh, opinion that you have on your own life. Maybe you don't even like to use a certain kind of shampoo. I don't know, but people get offended over so many stupid things that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Listen, the only thing that you really need to be offended about is whether or not you've been forgiven of your sins and Christ is coming to your heart because that's the only thing that's going to matter. And the Bible tells us that if you don't love your brother, you'll never make it to heaven. If you don't love one another, you don't have the fruits of the Spirit. You don't have evidence within you that shows that you are one of Jesus Christ saints and you will not make it into heaven there's an eternal hell that burns forever and ever and ever and it's got your name on it you've got a reservation made there if you are offended and you stay stuck into the uh, hatred and stuck into the bigotry and all the things that people are doing you have to love one another you have to come together and forgive people and you have to look over the the bible says that forgiveness covers a whole multitude of sin we have to forgive people. We have to love like we want to be loved. And he's saying here in the last days, Matthew 24 and verse 10, that many shall be offended and shall betray one another. In other words, they're going to give their word to somebody. They're going to make you feel like you can believe in them, make you feel like you can trust in them. Maybe you feel like your government's done you that way. Maybe you feel like politicians have done you the way they've promised something and they didn't deliver. Well, the Bible's telling you right here in Matthew 24, verse 10, that that's going to happen. There's so many things happening around us to tell us that we are closing in on the end of this race, that we are getting so close to the finish line here that we need to pay attention in our spirit as to what's going on around us. It says, and many shall betray one another and shall hate one another. I, we see this in the United States here now that if it's a Democrat or Republican, a Republican don't want to vote for it because a Democrat brought it up or a Democrat don't want to vote for it because a Republican brought it up, either one. But it is so it's such a divided nation because of parties and whichever side people chooses to be on, the other side hates them. They don't want to get along. They don't want to have bipartisan work to make things work for all mankind. They just hate the other side because they disagree. That we, We've got to get past that, people. Jesus Christ is coming back, and he's coming back sooner than what we think he's going to come back. And I know people's had it in their minds. They say, oh, you talk about his coming. You talk about he's coming back soon. He's been gone for 2,000 years. Where is the sign of his coming? <laughs> It's even written in the scripture that people said that 2,000 years ago. Where is the sign of his coming? It's been so long. Listen, the Bible also says that a day in the Lord is like a 1,000 years to us, and a 1,000 years to us is just like one day in the Lord. So he hasn't been gone that long compared to his timeline. The way that he views time is so different from the way that we view time. So don't be discouraged in the fact that it's been 2,000 years since Jesus Christ was here and was crucified and died on that cross because it's not been that long at all. He's coming back soon, and the scriptures are telling us that it is almost time for him to come here, and if you are not ready, he will have you, he will have you sitting in a judgment seat. You'll be looking the Savior, the creator of all mankind, right in the eye, and it'll be too late for you because you've not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's look at verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. 
Listen, we've seen every type of religion and every type of milkshake that there is out there to tell people that there's this way to heaven, this way to heaven, this way to heaven, this way to heaven. Listen, I want to tell you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will get to the Father except through me. That's a done deal, a finished statement. Nobody else has ever claimed that. Nobody else has come out of their grave when they was crucified either. So I think he's got a little bit of presence to have that statement and mean what he says and have the power to back it up. I would be listening to him before I listen to anybody else. In verse 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In other words, sin gets so great in the world in the last days. Sin is so crazy. We've got every type of sin known to man. We've got people out there saying that, Everything that you want to do is okay because whatever you feel like doing, whatever you want to identify as at this particular point in time, it's okay because it's our desires. It's our flesh. We we can't help it. We just need to give in to our flesh and let that happen. No, verse 12 here says that love of many people will wax old. And that's a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. That's a sign he's going to be back soon to take his people his believers, the faithful ones who have believed in him and endured the race and stayed faithful to his word. Look at verse 13. This is the one that I want to show you about the greatest race in the world, the greatest race of all times. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So he's saying, you can't, you can't believe in Jesus Christ for a few years, maybe 30 or 40 years of your life and go, oh, that's enough. You know, I've just seen the world getting worse and worse and worse and things are not changing. I just don't believe that Jesus exists or he would have done fix this. I'm just giving up on him. No, you can't do that because he's told us in the scripture that things are going to get worse. They're going to get worse. Things are going to get really bad on this earth. Man is going to go crazy. Man is going to be selfish and self-centered and love himself more than he loves anything else. And he's going to be focused on his own flesh and his own selfish desires. And Jesus told us that so that we would know that when he spoke it 2,000 years ago, it would be so and it would be true and we could believe what he said. So in verse 13 here, he says, if you will endure this and still continue to trust in me and wait on me and put your eyesight toward me and believe what I've told you and hold fast to that faith without wavering, that's the person that's going to be saved in the end. He says, in this gospel, the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and the end is going to come. Listen, Jesus has told us that the end is going to come when the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the world for witness unto all nations. And I know you guys that's out there listening, there are many ways for the gospel to get into all the world, and I happen to be using one of them right now. It's called the Internet. This podcast is going out wherever anybody can reach the Internet in every country around the globe, and the gospel is being preached right now as I speak around the world, and there's many, many, many other avenues where it's being preached through television and radio, satellite transmissions. Listen, missionaries going all over the world, the gospel is being preached everywhere. The end is on top of us, and if you are not in that race, it is time for you to get in that race right now because the Bible tells us that it's not where you start, it's where you finish. The finish line is where we need to get. It's not our starting point. If we can start out and we can look good and we can run a good race for a little while, people that run a marathon, 
people that get in these Olympic marathons and they start out on the finish line and they get their picture picture taken when they got their hand down waiting, waiting on the fire, the pistol to go off. And then they take off running for a few steps and just quit. Well, they don't even qualify to be part of that marathon if they quit. The only thing that makes those people uh, part of that marathon is that they cross the finish line and it don't matter what place they come in. It don't matter that 400 people crossed the finish line before they did. It matters that they crossed the finish line. And that's what Jesus is telling us here in this verse. If you endure to the end, that is the ones that's going to be saved. We must stick in there. And if you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that, my friend, before it's too late. Because there's a day coming to when he's coming back to take his people. And if you're not part of that, you are going to be left here to face the tribulation and face hell on earth. And you're going to have a judgment seat of Christ that he's going to look at you and he's going to say, get away from me, depart from me. I never knew you. And the angel of the Lord is going to put you in the lake of fire where you will burn for eternity forever and ever. So I want to ask you, if, if you feel the word of God, if you feel God calling on your heart right now and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to pray a prayer of salvation with me. It don't have to be the exact words, but it's got to come from your heart. You got to feel the spirit pulling on you and the convicting spirit telling you that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need a Savior. I know that you're the only one that can save me from hell. I believe that you died on that cross for my sins and you took my penalty for my sins and you died my death. And through faith in you, I can have eternal life with you in heaven. Right now, according to the word of God and according to faith, I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I invite you into my heart to lead my life and guide me from this day forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and it was something God was pulling on your heart to pray, you've received Jesus Christ in your heart. Listen, I want you to email us at holdingfasttofaith@outlook.com and let us know that you have now moved your membership into the eternal kingdom of God and you're now in the race and you need to finish that race and the all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because of what you've just done. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this has reached your heart and, and spoke to your spirit today. And we will see you on the next one. Hello, everyone. I want to talk to you just a second about how important it is to get your daily diet for your spirit through the Word of God. I know that we put a lot of podcasts out there and we're giving you a lot of the Word, but if you don't have a copy of the Bible, you need to find yourself one and start reading it on a daily basis. There's nothing more important for your walk with Jesus Christ than reading the Word of God every single day. If you don't have one, find you one and get out there and start reading the Word of God. It is your spiritual food.